Moon Podcast Escalation! It's Chris here, and I just want to do a little intro because what you are about to hear is a very special episode of Sailor Business. Uh, instead of being our usual episode, this one was recorded live on the Brilliance of the Seas, a cruise ship that at the time we were recording this was docked in Cozumel, Mexico. Uh, this was part of the Fan 2C cruise, which uh, we were invited onto to record a live Sailor Business. And it is the first ever live Sailor Business. Uh, so we will be watching episode 12, which of course is the episode of Sailor Business that takes place on a cruise ship. Uh, I hope everybody out there enjoys it. And we're going to be back uh, next week with a more regular episode. I don't think it's going to be uh, a regular episode of Sailor Business, but it is going to be in the regular format. Uh, and by that, I mean we're going to be talking about Sailor Moon R, the movie, which is amazing. And I hope you all got out to the theater to see it in its limited release, because that experience was fantastic. But I'll talk about that more next week. Uh, before we get to the show, I did want to make a, uh, a quick bit of Sailor Business business. Uh, we'll do the, the Patreon thanking and everything uh, next time uh, when Jordan is here. But I did want to say that we did reach our very first milestone goal. So we got the $500 a month. So that means we are going to start doing Sailor Business mini episodes. That's going to be uh, at least 15 minutes long, at least once a month. And it's going to cover topics that we're not going to cover on the regular show. Things that you may have heard us talk about before, like the role-playing game, or the collectible card game, or the novels, the Leanne Centaur novels that are so good that we used to talk about all the time. But I wanted everybody to know that we are open to suggestions on what we can do on those mini-episodes. So if you uh, have a suggestion, and you uh, are a patron, you can head over to patreon.com slash sailorbusiness. And there's a post there where I put the call out for suggestions on what we can do. Uh, a lot of people want to hear us talk about fan fiction. And if you have a specific fanfic you want to uh, hear us talk about, then absolutely include it. And, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. That's what we're going to be doing for the Xena business mini episodes when we do those. Uh, but if you're not a patron and you still want to have a little bit of input, uh, since these are going out to everyone on the main feed... Uh, you can always email the show at uh, sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow the show on Twitter and tweet at us at sailorbusiness. Uh, but hey, why not become a patron? Uh, head over to patreon.com slash sailorbusiness and help all that cool stuff happen. Uh, that's it for the intro. I will get out of the way, and uh, you can hear the first ever live sailor business recorded in Cozumel, Mexico on the brilliance of the seas. Hey everybody, my name is Chris Sims and this is Sailor Business. This is the podcast where uh, my co-host Jordan and I sit down with a friend each and every week. We watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and we talk about why it is that we love it so much. But Jordan's not here. I'm here alone on Fantasy for the first ever live Sailor Business and it's going to be a good one. We are going to be talking about episode 12 of Sailor Moon, the first season uh, it's called, I Want a Boyfriend, The Luxury Cruise Ship is a Trap. 
Uh, if you want to watch it for yourself, it is available on DVD and also on Hulu.com, uh, and it is a good one. It is legitimately one of my favorite episodes of the series. I love it. We've talked about it on the show before. Uh, we've done 102 episodes of the show, so almost two years ago we talked about this one for the first time. Uh, but joining me this time to talk about it, I have two very special guests who are uh, going to be my Sailor Moon friends for today. Uh, you will know them from the Nerdless All-Star show that's going on. Uh, there was one last night. There's going to be one on Sunday that you should absolutely catch. We have Lefty Lucy. Hi, you guys. In, in some semi-tuxedo mask uh, cosplay. Pseudo-tuxedo mask lady style. Mainly it was the shirt. Yeah. The shirt that does it. The shirt with his Dracula trophy. And, and she, I put a black wig on. She has blonde hair, so it doesn't work with blonde hair. So black wig. Yep. And Stella Chu has joined us. So the way we like to start here on Sailor Business uh, is the question, what is your history with Sailor Moon? We'll start with you, Lefty. All right. Well, uh, I actually wanted to get into Sailor Moon for a very long time. But being a workaholic, if I can't find a like work-related reason to do something, I don't do it. <laughs> so when Chris contacted me about this, I was like, score my reason to watch Sailor Moon. So I'm four episodes deep now. And I love everything I've seen so far. And we watched the, uh, the the cruise ship episode today, and I'm really excited to be a new Sailor Moon fan. So, so when you did you know of the show when you were younger? Oh yeah, definitely. I've had so many friends who've been obsessed with it. It's just like I haven't had the time to sit down and watch it. And now you have a new friend who's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. It was me. Uh, Stella, your history with Sailor Moon. Uh, I, I am much more connected, definitely much more connected, because I'm like huge Otaku Weeaboo. Um, I've been watching Sailor Moon since I was a little kid, and I haven't caught up on all the new Sailor Moon Supers, because the animation is horrible. Um, but I didn't even know that they redubbed the original anime. I feel like I vaguely knew it in the back of my head, uh, but it's uh, I love it so far, because they're actually using the re- legit Japanese names and not just... Um, American names. Yeah, and uh, and Mishiru and uh, Haruka are not cousins anymore. Mm, they're lovers. <laughs> so uh, I cosplayed from Sailor Moon. Like I've done Sailor Mercury. Um, I've done a Sailor Moon burlesque act. Um, I plan to be doing this like pseudo casual editorial photo shoot for Sailor Moon characters, where I'm like dressed up like Sailor Moon inspired clothing, but like what like. I would be wearing down the street. It's pretty cool. Like I'm wearing this. I'm gonna actually wear this same skirt. And it has like holographic purse. That's like prismatic and prismatic shoes as well. I'm gonna have like her hair and like a cute hat. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so we have a couple questions that we'd like to like to get through at the start of the show too. Lefty, I think this is gonna be an easy one for you because you've only seen the first four episodes. Who's your favorite of the the Sailor Century? Who's your favorite Sailor Scout? Uh, well, I've only met Sailor Moon so far, so I'm going to go with Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is great. Sailor Moon is, I would say, one of the nine best. I, I honestly, I really identify with her because she's blonde and clumsy, and I'm blonde and clumsy, so it works for me. Uh, Stella, how about you? Who's your favorite? I want to say Sailor Mercury or uh, whatever Mini Moon turns into later on, like evil Mini Moon. <laughs> Are you talking about Wicked Lady? Yes. Because if you want to hear about some Wicked Lady thoughts, we've got a lot of Wicked Lady thoughts. It's been like almost 15 years since I watched any episode related to Wicked Lady. I just know I love her character. 
it's it's so weird because going back and watching the series and doing the podcast, I remembered her being around for like forty episodes. It's actually like three. Really? Yeah, like she. Oh, like, she had a huge impact on me. I yeah, she was there for like half the series. Because she's like one of the best designed uh, yeah. villains on the show. Yes. Like it, it always happens. The same thing happened with uh, Esmeralda, who's another favorite of mine, who's not around very long at all. Okay, uh, so, and I love this because you're so new to it that all of your, like, you're so, it's fresh and shiny. Uh, what do you think so far of the relationship between uh, Usagi and Meguru, uh, Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask? Um, I haven't met Tuxedo Mask yet. Oh. I've only seen the eating disorder episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when does, when does he's, he's there at the start? He's, like, in the first oh, he episode. Like, well, he, like, passes through. He's like, hey. And then, like, he's gone again. What, did, what episode did he, like, save her the first time? He's, he's in the first one. He, okay. like, she hits him in the head with her test in the first episode, and he goes, oh, you got 30 out of 100, you need to study hard, but It's a really good thing to see Smooth. Yes, abusive relationships. Oh. It's terrible. Like, no, anyway, I already talked about it. I talked about it all the time. Someone who's, who's your favorite. You, you said your favorite was Mercury. Yeah, what do you think of the, uh, what do you think of the relationship? With Mercury and... No, uh, oh, wait, between Sailor Moon and... I don't like it. I don't like their relationship because, like, he's very abusive for, like, all of the series, and, and she's just a dumb girl. <laughs> she's also a child. Yeah, we have to talk about that a lot on the show. And, and they made him older in the anime than he was in the original manga. I don't know why. Do they not want him to be in high school? Is that why? Great. I mean, the age difference between 14 and 17 is pretty drastic, but yeah. 14 and 19 is just creepy. I feel like that's, like, not a problem in Japan, like, the concept of... of oh, I've gotten a lot of emails that have begun with, well, actually, in Japan, and I'm like, delete. <laughs> delete. <laughs> Done with that one. But then I get something like, well, actually, in Japan, Shintoism is very interesting. Those I read. Those I love. Uh, so, yeah, I think we are going to go ahead and start talking about the episode, and... Uh, there's something I used to do on the show. I mean, I actually had a vote on whether I should continue doing it about 50 episodes in, and I don't get to do it anymore. It breaks my heart. But since we're back in episode 12, I get to do it. Uh, Sailor Moon is our heroine, and our heroine is Usagi Tsukino. She's 14 years old. She's a cancer, and her blood type is O. She's a bit of a klutz, and some people would say she's over-emotional. But yes. she's secretly the pretty guardian of the Sailor Moon. And at this point in the series, she's been joined by two other Sailor Scouts. She's been joined by the hot-headed psychic Sailor Mars, Ray Hino, who is in the crowd today. Yay! And the kind-hearted girl genius, Ami Mizuno, uh, who is also Sailor Mercury. And as this episode begins, this is not a great Ray episode. <laughs> uh, and and I, I'll share my thoughts on this. You can go back and listen to the podcast. So I'm any, anytime you want to jump in, I am just here to keep it moving. But uh, the, the episode begins with Usagi finding out about, uh, well, actually, no, I guess it begins in the Dark Kingdom, doesn't it? Yeah. Where a monster named Tetis. Tetis. But they call him Thetis. 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 In the new dungeon, they put that H in there just to be sure. A monster comes to Jedi, who is the Dark Kingdom general, and gives him an awesome new plan for getting energy. And the plan is called Operation Romantic Cruise. 
It's the best way to ruin everyone is romance. Well, also, didn't it start off with her being like, I love you so much, and he's like, I don't have time for your nonsense. Yes, which is classic Jedi. <laughs> he's just like, get out of here, you're nothing to me. She's like, but I love you, here, I have a plan. We, we talked about this a lot the first time around, like, there, even though the relationship with, between Meru and Usagi is bad, like, it does grow into something that is is nice over time, sort of. But, like, every time you see people with love interests in the Dark Kingdom, it's always the worst. So it's, I love you, I have a plan to kill all these people. Do you want to hear it? No, I don't have time for your love, but do tell me the killing people plan. <laughs> Or or uh, or uh, Zosai and Malachi too, with their like weird relationship. That's it's super awesome. <laughs> so her plan is that she is going to uh, she she's going to get a cruise ship, and they're going to have a romantic a decrepit cruise ship. a decrepit cruise she ship pulled up from the bottom of the ocean that she has she has spiffed up with seawater magic because you know. That's, if you have control over seawater, you can make things look new again. That's what seawater does. Right? Yeah, this whole boat we're on is an illusion, you guys. It's all seawater magic. So, things are going to get crazy when we get back out to sea tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Don't close your eyes. Uh, uh, so, like, so she gets, so she gets this ship, and she like advertises. Like, somehow they have budget for television advertisements. Let me tell you about Jedi's small business plans. <laughs> Uh, all of the four dark uh, kingdom generals, the four kings of heaven, that they're called, they have different plans for gathering energy. Uh, like uh, Nephrite, for instance, uh, wants, like, instead of like taking everybody in this room's energy, he would find the one person who is about to hit their peak energy and just take theirs. Uh, Jedi's plans are all about creating small businesses in, in Japan. This dude will rent out a storefront, he will come up with a business plan, he will invent a thing and like advertise it and make it a craze. He's committed to evil. He's a wily coyote. He really is. The wily coyote of Sailor Moon. So uh, they have this romantic cruise, they advertise it, uh, and it's very limited. Like, how, many, how many people are on this ship? I think it's like 2,100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this, this ship in here uh, is going to be carrying 666 passengers. Six, Couples only. Couples only. So, so 333 couples. <laughs> 332 couples and two non-dating teenagers. But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, they're only going from Tokyo to Yokohama, which is like an hour's boat ride at best. It's like the shortest trip ever for a romantic cruise to, to do evil. It's not like you need four days if all you're going to do is dinner and murder. (laughs) (laughs) At least give me four hours. Okay. That's a nice four-hour murder cruise. Less efficient murder. Okay. Uh, So, of course, Usagi hears about this. Sailor Moon hears about this and really, really wants to go because she wants to experience the romantic magic of being on a cruise, which is very romantic, right? We're all on one. Who's feeling romantic right now? I'm always amorous when I'm on the water. <laughs> uh, so she hears about the cruise, uh, and it turns out one of her classmates has tickets. Uh, it's Mino, who you might know as Melvin from the 90s, though. Yeah, the guy with the swirly glasses. Yeah. Well, yeah. Every anime character with glasses back then had swirls on their glasses to, to just show how goofy and nerdy they were. Do your glasses not look like that? I did. Have my glasses with me, but they're pretty <laughs> rad. They don't look like that, but you'll, you'll just sink into them because the mirrors gorgeous. 
Uh, so he had tickets, but he gave them away to his neighbor, I think he says. Like a fool. And he's, his reasoning was like, well, I'm underage, and I would have to have a guardian with me, so yeah. Also, it's past my bedtime, so yeah, I'm not going to go. We talked we talk about this uh, in episode 12 of Sailor Business when we did this originally. That is a plot point that is introduced as the reason that uh, they have to have the lottery for the tickets that does not come back, even though there are definitely two 14-year-olds who are going to go on this cruise together with no adult supervision. Yeah, you're right. There's no adult supervision for them. Well, maybe it was more that his parents weren't into the idea. It wasn't the, the ship that was opposed to the underage solo traveling, but his parents. Maybe so. Maybe, maybe they insisted he would be the legal guardian. Yeah, I'm really good at uh, creating reasons for flimsy premises. That's a good. You get a, you get a Sailor Moon no prize for that. <laughs> Uh, there's also something that we didn't really talk about the first time around. Uh, Umino mentions he gave it to his neighbor, and I feel like that's a super weird gift to just give to your neighbor. Hey, I heard you guys have marital problems. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, especially if you're 14. Especially if Umino's like walking up to the husband and wife who live next door and being like, I've got something to fix your relationship. Uh, so, fortunately, Usagi finds out that the cruise is sold out, much like this cruise is sold out. Hey, Thank you for the reggaeton air horn. The cruise is sold out, but fortunately there's another way to get on the cruise. Uh, Usagi finds out that they're having a raffle in the shopping district of the Juban district of Tokyo, where she lives. Uh, that they're going to be giving away two tickets to the cruise. So she goes and immediately loses this raffle five times. And there's a guy giving her packets of tissues as a consolation prize, and you see her like carrying them later, and she's got like five of them, which is great. Uh, and and this this is where this is where Ray's a real jerk. Yeah. She comes up to yeah. Yeah, she comes up and she's like, "Oh, you want to win that prize? That's stupid. I'm gonna use magic and win it from you." Boom. <laughs> yeah. So she tells her song like. Like, this is stupid. She yeah. tells her it's stupid. We have something more important to do. We are sailors. You're stupid for wanting to do this. I'm going to go do this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Ray cheats. Ray absolutely cheats. You know, every one of the time. heroes on the show. <laughs> I would totally cheat at every single contest. I would go to the casino and win every roulette every time. You would have all of the drink packages right now. I, I think people might notice if you went to the casino and you were literally glowing with uh, <laughs> lightning and flames like Ray is in this scene. Uh, so yeah, Medical she, condition. <laughs> <laughs> so she uses her, her priestess magic. Uh, she wins the raffle on her first try. She, she spins the thing real fast and the one uh, golden bead comes out. And she wins two tickets to Operation Romantic Cruise. So, naturally, Ray, Ray has one friend, by the way. Ray, Ray technically has two friends, because I guess Ami counts. <laughs> uh, so, naturally, if you have a friend who really, really wants to go on this cruise, and you cheat and win a ticket to this cruise, uh, what the, like, the thing to do is to go with your friend, right? Wait, are they supposed to be friends? I thought they, they were just kind of like, oh, we're both sailors, so I guess I have to keep talking to you. And then that's why she was being such a cunt, because she was like, she was like, I was told this was a PG-13 oh. My bad, you guys. I take my clothes off for a living. I don't know PG-13. I should have probably mentioned that before. My bad. Fine. She's a C-word. 
to say And she's going to her. Yes, and she's going to the sea. Word. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> but yeah, she she's like she basically she wins it right after telling Sailor Moon that it's stupid. And Sailor Moon's like, neat, let me go with you. And she's like, Nah, I'm gonna bring my other friend. Bye. Well, she specifically says she's gonna bring her boyfriend, and she's gonna get a boyfriend just to go on the cruise, which I assume many of you did today. Like, you, I'm sure you just landed in Tampa and looked around and oh, said, "Something hey, look good." You, yes. My name's John now. <laughs> uh, Ray does not have a boyfriend at this point in the series, uh, but she will later get a boyfriend, and it will be Mamoru. Uh, which is a, a Wait, they date? Yeah, they date for a while. Uh, there's actually a great part in a, late, a later episode where Mamoru is talking to one of his friends. Uh, it's it's uh, Motoki, who runs the arcade, or Andrew in the American Dub. And uh, Mamoru starts talking about like how all the girls have like super big crushes on him because he, he works at the arcade. Uh, and he says, yeah, I mean, that's great, but it's not going to date a 14-year-old. <laughs> and Memoru is at the time, I believe, dating Ray, and then we'll date Sake shortly thereafter. Wah, wah. <laughs> uh, so the Ray insists that she's going to find a boyfriend, but she doesn't find a boyfriend. Does she even try? I'm pretty sure she's like, I'm going to find a boyfriend. Hey, Sailor Mars, you want to go with me? Yeah, she instead goes to get, goes to get Ami. Uh, Ami, who has no interest in going on the cruise. Ami, who just wants to study. She wants to go home and study a dictionary. Yes, there's a line of dialogue she, I think it's the last line of dialogue in the episode she goes, I should have stayed up home and read the dictionary. <laughs> and not only does she do this, she does this in front of Usagi. I, I, guess, I guess she does like drag Ami away, but she like calls her over in front of Usagi, and then Usagi's like creeping behind a bush, like, like just parting the leaves to see. Uh, so Ami agrees to go on the uh, cruise with Ray. Right. And the the rationale that Ray has here is they're gonna go on a cruise and they're gonna find boyfriends. Who can see the problem here based on the information you already know? Anyone? Ants? Mary, do you, do you know what it is? Okay, well what is what is your thought? Well it is a couple's cruise. It's a couple's cruise! So not only and Ray will say later that what she intends to do is break up a couple and then and then grab the guy on the rebound. A couple of couples. That's her plan for both of them. Yeah. We're going to get some guys on the rebound. She's going to get one for Ami, too, who could not be less interested. <laughs> uh, so the night comes. They board the, the ship. It's it's. I think it's called the Brilliance of the Seas. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they board the ship, and uh, Usagi is left out. Uh, Usagi cannot go on the ship. She doesn't have a ticket. She hasn't been invited by her friend. So she buys a wig. <laughs> she, if, when you're a sailor scout, you don't need to buy a wig. No, you don't. You have a magic pen that transforms you into anything, which I wish I had. It would make my life a hell of a lot easier. I don't have to make my own costumes. I can pretend to be anyone I want. I can get anywhere I want. As long as you preface that what you're going to be is a beautiful something. Yes, I'd be like, oh, it has to be beautiful, beautiful custodian. <laughs> Beautiful photographer. There is, uh, I love the lunar pen, the, the transformation pen. It's like my fave. Uh, and there's an episode where Usagi like it needs to get away from a monster or something, and she's on the waterfront, and so uh, they like jump onto a boat, and she's like, oh, but I don't know, I don't know how to drive a boat. And uh, she holds the transformation pen, 
and says, transform me into a beautiful sailor. And I'm like, you're a, you're a sailor! It's half of your name! It should be your deal! Uh, but in this case, it's a beautiful photographer that yeah. she turns into. She didn't even get a camera. She has a camera case, and she puts a cat in it. Yes. <laughs> oh, we should say Luna the Talking Cat also goes on the cruise. Yeah. Which is, I have not seen a single cat on this cruise, <laughs> let alone a talking I tried to bring mine, but they wouldn't let me. Uh, I miss them so also, much. Also, Luna is very ineffective in this entire episode. She's basically useless. If Jordan was here, he would argue with you because she loves Luna. <laughs> She's trying to be the voice of reason, but she absolutely does not affect the outcome of the, the show at all, like, in that episode. Luna, like... Luna's oh, no, she cool. does, though. She's the one who senses that it's evil. They're on the boat, and she's like, wait a minute. Okay, well, This boat is evil. You need to sail her moon up, up in this piece. And it, when she does that, she gets, like, Kelly Jones Batman ears, like those super huge Batman ears. Uh, what do you think of, what do you think of the song is beautiful photographer disguise? Because I, I said, you, you, uh, you've done cosplay modeling. I was walking around with you yesterday while you did that. Uh, I assume you've worked with some beautiful photographers. Does, does... Usagi live up? She just looks like she put on a wig and a big jacket. <laughs> and some, some bad khakis. There's some rough khakis. I mean, I have a feeling her style is like coming back now. That whole like big top, like like long leg. Are you telling me shoulder pads are making a comeback? Oh, style? yeah, they are definitely making a comeback. Yeah, it's gross. It's <laughs> gross. Bummer jackets that are three times too big? Yeah. Bummer That's jackets. <laughs> Uh, so this is where we find, find out that it's, like, essentially a shipwreck that's been enchanted with sea magic. Uh, but when Usagi sneaks on the ship, uh, she ends up running directly into Jedi. And uh, I listened back to the episode that we did uh, the first time, and you, Stella, you noticed something that I didn't, which is that Jedi's in brown face. Yes, he is. He is much darker right now. He's basically Indian. And I'm like, oh. And he has black hair, too. He's changed his hair. <laughs> but he's still so cute. Yeah, which is hilarious that she just doesn't sense that he's evil at all. And just, like, super into any cute boy. Like, that's, they should have, like, noticed that, like, halfway in the series. Like, we should just lure in Sailor Moon, the cute guy. I mean, it's established pretty well in the first four episodes that Sailor Moon is terrible at her job. She just kind of lucks up. Like, she's like... But like the, the the first two episodes, every fight scene, she's like, oh, what do I do? And Luna's like, you're Sailor Moon, use your crown, you idiot. And she's like, oh, right. She's 14, and there are monsters trying to kill her. She does okay. Yeah, but if I was 14 and there were monsters trying to kill me and someone gave me a magical device, anytime I got scared, I'd grab it and be like, do your thing, magical device. Also, I know a lot of like preteens that are very violent and horrible, and I think they're very qualified to be doing something <laughs> like this. Uh, I will say, uh, we did just record episode one hundred and two of Sailor Business, and she every episode still definitely has that part where somebody goes, "Now, Sailor Moon, <laughs> you do the thing that kills them." She is a natural blonde. <laughs> I'm a natural blonde, I'm allowed to say that. Uh, so, while Usagi is touring the ship with Jedi, I still did not get much more of the ship, by the way. I, did, I, would, I really wanted to see all the inner workings. Uh, while she's touring the ship with Jedi, uh, Ami and Rey are walking around, and in the new dub, they make a joke, because they're, they're having some trouble getting their sea legs, 
And in the new dub, they make a joke, and there's a callback to it later on in the episode where Ray talks about, uh, she's like, why did I wear heels? It's like, I she's stumbling, and she goes everywhere, which is a great joke. We have a Sailor Mars in the audience, and do you mind being a visual aid? Okay, can we see your shoes, please? Yeah, if you walk on stage, just yeah. don't trip. <laughs> yep. Okay, now as you can see, those are heels. That's what she fights crime in. <laughs> my, feet, my feet actually like swelled up in these yesterday, so. Mm. Oh no. Yeah. Mm. Girl. But you look fabulous. You do look wonderful, Sailor Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to clap, but everybody. Like, thank you, Sailor Mars. Uh, which yeah, like yes, they're they're horribly difficult to walk in. But it is when she like she does not have any trouble when she is wearing them in monster fights, and I feel like that's where they would give you a problem. True. I mean, the the heel could break off, and then you'd be limping when you'd be fighting, and it'd be terribly problematic. Uh, so this is also where Ami says, like, hey. Uh, we're the only people who don't have dates on this ship. And Ray goes, yeah, well, I thought some single guys would be here. C conveniently forgetting, it's a couple's cruise. <laughs> I wonder, though, like, wouldn't some single guys be on a couple's cruise? I feel like they might. there might be some people who think the same way and show up. But I've never been on a couple's cruise, so I wouldn't know. I but feel like I could contribute to that, but it would definitely not be PG-13. All right. <laughs> so, how, how can I word it and not get kicked off and have to drive home your cousin, Mel? Are you saying that, like, that, like, someone will try to be their third? Well, okay. Let me see how I phrase this. <laughs> Sometimes adults have intimate parties. Usually, to rename those intimate parties, only women are invited and women are allowed to bring guests. <laughs> I think the title of this episode is going to be Intimate Parties. We did call the original version Don't Get on the Sex Boat. As a piece of they advice. were trying to get some energy. There's energy in there somewhere. So energy. It's one of the things that we talked about on, on the original episode was that like eventually they're going to call everybody to the dining room and, and, and Tetis is going to like try and steal everybody's energy. It's like, Oh, doll, if you want energy, you don't let them go back to their cabins. You just take them on a like, like, you always get halfway there to a plan that would work if you didn't just go full evil. You could also just leave Tokyo. Yeah, you could just sail out of the ocean. Uh, so, we're, we're watching the episode, and there's a little act break, so. <laughs> Which shows like crazy. Great, and it's yes. It's great. <laughs> So, eventually, the call does come. Well, well, first, I guess, Ray decides that if she can't find a boyfriend, what she's going to do is, is what I am doing on the cruise, and what I imagine many people are doing on the cruise, which is, she's just going to go eat as much food as she can stuff in her tiny body. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stella's favorite thing. It, it How is. many ice cream cones have you had in the first Today, day? Today, I already had one in the morning. That was, that was my breakfast. You had breakfast ice cream? Breakfast ice cream. There are no laws on the sea. Yeah. <laughs> we had three cones before the boat left the dock from Tampa. Yes. <laughs> I'm an adult. Awesome. I can do whatever I want. Yesterday, as you know, I had, uh, when I was ordering my set of food, I ordered two appetizers because I could. 
Not oh, that yeah. I was going to finish well, it at all. That's the first thing I did when I sat down to dinner. And uh, I was with uh, I was with uh, Andrew Wheeler, who's my boss at my day job at Comics Alliance. And he was like, you're getting two starters? And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting two starters. You're like, yeah, I didn't just say bring me the menu. Because <laughs> no one would stop me. <laughs> So Ray's just gonna eat, and uh, this is very embarrassing to Ami to be the, like one of two single people sitting across the table from someone who's like. Oh, like she's just, also chewing with her mouth open and just gives zero cares in the world. Thank you, Ami. <laughs> thank you. I did it, you guys. I PG thirteen to my language. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, so then. Uh, everybody gets called into the big, uh, it's kind of like a ballroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the theater. Uh, and there, it said there's going to be a big, uh, like, entertainment, it's going to be like a magic show. And Teppies, who has been in human form, uh, dressed in, like, a crew uniform, actually very, it's like, it's got a, like, a pencil skirt, it's very cute crew uniform. She, like, goes, she, she, she does the glitter, uh, bit from last night's, uh, burlesque show. <laughs> But instead of just showering the stage with glitter, she turns into a monster. <laughs> and I love this. It's one of my favorite monster transformations on the show. Uh, not only because I think Teddy's is a really good design, but uh, everyone reacts to seeing this monster. And, and again, this is episode 12. So for 12 weeks in a row, the Juno District of Tokyo has had a rash of monster-induced comas. <laughs> so everybody sees this woman transform into, like, she's got, like, a blank mask face, and she's all blue. Uh, and she's got, like, super long nails. And everybody's like, wow, that's, that was awesome. That was a great magic trick. <laughs> and then she's like, wah! And everybody falls down into a coma. Uh, except two people. It's uh, Ray and Ami because both of them aren't romantically involved. Which is weird because you pointed out that what if there was a couple who wasn't romantically involved, their love was dead. What then? Yeah, they would have just been standing there like, why is everybody passed out? Oh god, we hate each other. Yep. I guess we can't keep lying to ourselves now. Yep. Oh, and there's demons everywhere. <laughs> this is really all I'd rather have died. <laughs> it's because you don't love me that we're still away. Yeah, I love you either. Did <laughs> <laughs> you just reenact the entire episode in character? That would be great. Just those two characters. <laughs> just, just those two couples hate each other. Our neighbor gave us these tickets to one go. Stupid cruise to like. I don't know, it might be romantic or something. Fine, if it'll get our therapist off my back, I will go on this cruise with you. <laughs> Tonight, it's at six. Whatever. I'm not wearing my push-up bra, though. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, I'll put on some heels. Okay. Fast forward to the boat. Everyone's in a coma. God, I guess this is really dead. Quick, close your eyes. (gasps) (laughs) Shut up, close your eyes. So they think we're in a coma, too. Absolutely. This is over. Oh, God. No, not, not, I just, I can't do this anymore. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> For those of you listening at home, still just turn your chair out and face the curtain. That was something in front of. The curtain's my new love now. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, Ami and Ray are are not in love, so they are immune to having their energy sucked out by Teddy's and Jedi. Uh, which, of course, is because uh, Ray is in love with Minako and Ami is in love with Makoto. Uh, 
in like the I'm a very big fan of the uh, Ami Makoto uh, romantic pairing, which we call cookbook, because uh, <laughs> Makoto bakes and Ami only ever reads. So Aww. it's a good one. We also call uh, we also call uh, the the Ray Miko pairing firewood. Uh, because Ray has fire powers, and on the television show, Mina is as boring as a block of wood. <laughs> so, uh, but here, we actually get some pretty cool action. The first thing that happens, everybody drops, and then some, like, gooey seawater monsters show up, and, uh, Ray, uh, is apparently at WrestleMania, because she grabs a steel chair and tears one the F in half. Yeah. <laughs> Like, take that! That was way too easy, though. I didn't pretend you get one, and I was going to use it there, and you stole it. You stole my my one cuss. You only get one? Only one in a PG-13 movie. Only one. (laughs) Ah, shucks. It all sticks. (laughs) Gene Bellickers. Aw, spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, drops. Is that me, my one? What do I win? So, so the problem here is that uh, if they transform, if if, uh, if Ray and Ami transform, uh, Jedi's gonna know who they are. Their secret enemies will be blown, and so they'll be able to, I, I guess, just blow up their houses. <laughs> uh, this is the actually the penultimate Jedi episode. He does find out their identities in the next one, and then he is immediately murdered when an airplane explodes at the airport. What I find it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't die. He throws the airport with them. He gets put into eternal sleep before he can tell Big Barrel. I'm sorry. Jake, cut that out. Stop it. Another episode. That's next week. So what I find interesting is that not only do they look like they're regular, like they, they just look the same. Their hair and color doesn't change. Their makeup doesn't change. They're the same person, just in a different outfit. But also if they find out like who this person is, it'll be exactly the same as when like Lex Luthor switched bodies with the Flash and was like, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> It's some random 14, some yes. random 8th grader. Yep, like, well, I don't even care. <laughs> I guess I will maybe search for them, but maybe it's just easier to maybe I'll just them. them all. Yeah. Uh, you say that, but there's so many episodes coming up later in the series where they're like, we need to find out who Sailor Moon is. Oh, I know. Let's have a princess school where we see who can throw the best frisbee. Because they've seen her do Moon Tiara action so much that they know she's really good at Frisbee. Yeah. That episode rules. Uh, so fortunately, uh, Usagi wasn't in the room either, so she sees it all going on. They haven't seen her yet. Uh, so she is able to transform into Sailor Moon. Uh, and we get her great original transformation Which sequence. I can never get to go. I love her transformation so much. It's so good. Like The one thing I really appreciate about this show is that they know there's something you're going to have to see 200 times. And so they generally, like, the transformation sequences and the attacks always look super, super good. Uh, but yeah, so we get the transformation sequence. Um, when we were watching this earlier up in the state room, uh, if you haven't seen it, we talked about it on the regular show before, but for everybody here, there's an amazing video from, like, an anime convention. Mm-hmm. From, uh, like, 2007 or something. Yeah, where a, a, a girl comes out on stage as Usagi and, and says, you know, Moon Cosmic Chris. Power makeup. Yeah. And then, like, her whole crew of people who are dressed as the background. They're basically wearing galaxy clothing, like, just onesies of galaxies. 
and they all pick her up and start like transforming her and like bringing like taking off her leg warmers and they turn into her shoes and like putting the bow around her thing and her skirt comes off and everything. Um, and at the very end of it, like they have freaking heart like giant hearts behind her and then like bring her braids up and like have her braids like floating in midair. And it's the most intense thing ever. It's only 30 seconds long, by the way. It's like transformation happens instantaneously on stage. And the crowd pops. Oh, and just watching it as Huge. a person, you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, the applause what? for the transformation takes longer than the transformation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Usagi shows up. Uh, as Sailor Moon. I should say Sailor Moon shows up. And uh, at this point, she's seen these guys. They, they've sucked out the energy. They've... they've rendered all of these loving couples comatose. And what is Usagi mad at? What does she say? She she says, do you wanna do you wanna talk about it? How dare you hurt people who are in love? Being in love is the greatest thing ever. I want a boyfriend. <laughs> she says, she's mad, she says, how dare you target people in love? Don't you feel sorry for the girl without boyfriend? Why don't you just target everybody? <laughs> Instead of making these two feel bad. And like she calls out Ray and Ami, and we get like a reaction shot of Ray, uh, and, and it serves her right to be called out in front of these monsters. Uh, so then she gets into a one-on-one -on -one fight with Teddy. So it's actually got some super good animation. Yeah, actually, her throwing her out of the window—I um, was really surprised at the animation. It was not crap. It was good. It was, it was really well done. Yeah, she gets like long arms and they go out the window, and then my—it's such a little bit of animation, but it's one of my favorites in the series. Titties lands on a railing outside, like the railings we have out here, and her foot just slides along the railing a little. And it's just like a really, like, it's such a small thing, but it's like a really cool piece of the show. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the animation is so fluid in this because it's so, like, like, for the rest of the show, like, just mouth open, talking. Uh, and this is where we find out that Titties has the power to control and manipulate Seawater, which, of course, makes boats look better. <laughs> yeah. Her magic is uh, all powerful. But then, um, okay, so what's happening next? We got. Well, well, then the distraction of Sailor Moon gives Ami and uh, Ray the chance to transform. So Sailor Mercury and Sailor Marshall. Yeah, and then um, my <laughs> talk about this one. Bubbles. They fight with bubbles. I, I'm still like I still don't really understand how the bubbles are aggressive. But she the the whole thing is she was bubbles. I like I, that. Just seems kind of pleasant. Like maybe soap gets in their eyes. Like is it? So I she's like, oh, I can't see. Water the into bubbles. Like does it make render it useless? Like what is going on there? Something well, happens. And uh, and then um. Well, this, I love I love this because we like it's a recurring discussion. Like bubble spray is a very controversial topic <laughs> on the show. I think it's the most powerful attack it's ever depicted because it just so totally destroys all monsters. Is it just like a sensory overload? Like why? Like oh, I don't like these happy soft bubbles. Like it's, it's and it's against my evil to like happy things. Like yeah, it's just, it's just bubbles. Okay. I can't even use my imagination for this, but okay, sure, I'm accepting it. It's not weird, I guess. Ami does get the least effective attack on the show. It feels like it, even though water is proven over time to be very effective. The, it. it they later call it bubble spray freezing, so you get the idea that it like makes the monsters cold. And then at one point she does a move called double bubble spray freezing, which is where she does the same thing twice. I thought maybe it had to do with gum. No. Uh, but 
Ami um, also gets uh, Shine Aqua Illusion uh, later in the in, in Sailor Moon R, which is legit like one of the best looking attacks, even if it never actually does much of anything. So from there, uh, uh, Ray, you were going to say? Oh, yeah, Ray comes out and attacks. And what's her called? Fire. Fire Soul. Fire Soul. I mean, it works pretty well. I like her like little summoning hand thing. It looks pretty legit. Um, and it's always a good idea to set a boat on fire. Yay! <laughs> well, it's a seawater magic infused boat, so I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, and then Sailor Moon uses her um, tiara. Her famous tiara move that literally destroys anything it touches. Like, every single time, it's her one thing that will defeat the monster. Uh, yeah, and, and guess what it does this time? It destroys Tetis. Yep. Now, one of the things we haven't talked about is, it's, it's mentioned earlier in the show, that Tetis is, like, Queen Beryl's personal assistant. <laughs> like, she says there's something in there about her being, like, one of Queen Beryl's, like, personal guard, or, like, her personal retinue. And, uh... That's, like, never something we've seen in the show before, like, because they're all Monsters of the Week. They only show up in, in the episodes they're in. Uh, so Jedi shows up, and he's like, well, you've, you're, so you've gotten more skilled than the last time we fought, so uh, peace out, Sailor Scouts. And he uh, vanishes. Back to the Negaverse from whence he came. Well, he was about to attack them. Like, he's, yeah. like, he's like, ready, like, get, I'm going to destroy you right now. He has a thing, like, a little summoning, not, like, some kind of, like, Powerball, ready to like lash out at them, and they would have been toast. But then he suddenly disappears, and they're like, "What? Where did he go?" And he's just like, "Where did I go?" And he ends up right in front of Queen Beryl, and she's really mad at him because she knew telepathically, I guess, that her favorite assistant Tetes is now dead, and if she just waited like till the end of the mission, this would have all been different. Because I'm pretty sure that. He would have killed all three of them. We really need a remake of the Devil Wears Prada about Queen Beryl and the <laughs> seawater magic monster. <laughs> so uh, all the couples wake up, but they're very surprised to find that they're on a rusted out Hulk of a boat with no engine. Uh, so that is how the romantic cruise ends. And uh, Sailor Moon says, Ah, oh, that cruise sucked. And Mara says, Next time they do one of these, I'm going to bring a boyfriend. So the that I can be comatose, too? Yeah, the next time they do what, right? Yeah, <laughs> the next time they enchant a boat for couples and then succubus them out of themselves, I don't know. Yeah. Also, like, there's no, uh, like, social fallout from this in which people start becoming really nervous about certain romantic endeavors and cheap jewelry or whatnot. Like, no one would trust anything anymore because... This happens every single week. Something involving women and gatherings. Like, I would just stay at home. I wouldn't leave. I'd be like, oh, great, I'm not going to that social gathering at all. And, like, the news isn't even investigating this. Like, this is just normal people getting into trouble on rusted boats. Here's a, here's a, fun, here's a fun fact about the show for everyone. Uh, I'm halfway through, like, um, what we've done up to 100, episode 102. Uh, Lefty, you've seen the first episode of Sailor Moon. So you've seen Naruto, uh, Molly in the American version, uh, be attacked by monsters. Um, so you've watched, of course, you've watched a lot of it in your time. How many times do you think Naruto, that one person, is a te- is, is like has her energy drained? How many times do you think she is the target of a Megaverse attack? 20 to 50? 20 to 50 is a good guess. It's 14. Oh, what? 
It's kind of a lot when it's happening to like all those other times. No one, no one else gets it happen for like twice. Four, fourteen times in like two. Years. In two hundred in, in two hundred episodes, so it's seven percent of the time it's going to be not real. <laughs> no, fourteen times in one hundred episodes. So, so well, it's fourteen percent of the time. Two, two, two years because it's it's fifty-two yeah. weeks. Yeah. So you, okay, so it's a monster of the week. So yeah, so. Gosh, PTSD. <laughs> There's like a one in eight chance that yeah. if a monster shows up, it's gonna be like, I gotta get that Naru energy. <laughs> she must stuff. be drained. She must be a husk of a woman right now. <laughs> so that's that's the end of the episode. Uh, and as you might remember, uh, when Sailor Moon was originally airing in the 1990s, there was a bit at the end of the show called Sailor Moon Says, where Sailor Moon would teach you a little piece of advice. Based on or not based on the content of the episode at all, and we like to do that on this show. So it's time for Sailor Business Says, uh, where we talk about what we learned. So Lefty, we'll start with you. What did you learn from this episode? I learned that relationships are dangerous and terrible, and I should avoid them at all costs. Did <laughs> you? So what did you learn? I learned that Sailor Mars is. Uh, Sailor Mercury is no longer my favorite Sailor Mars is because she is, uh, she's smart, she knows how to get what she wants by using her magical powers. If I had magical powers, I would do everything she's doing. I would not be this, like, guardian of, like, justice or anything. I would literally cheat my way through life so that I could achieve wealth and, like, just everything. Every, uh, money, everything. Yes, please. I learned to never give Stella magical powers. <laughs> that is what I learned. Uh, so final thoughts on the episode. Um, I Again, I really like this one. Uh, this is one of two. Uh, if, if there's a, a second fantasy and we get to come back and do another one, there's one where uh, all the scouts go on vacation to an island, and so they kind of sail around the islands for a little bit, uh, which is weird because there's two episodes in the first 100 where they don't actually fight against the bad guys. They just go and do weird so stuff. Yeah, those the filler <laughs> episodes that I love. Uh, but I like this one a lot. I like Teddy's the Monster. Uh, I, I love the idea of this cruise that makes no sense. Uh, one of the things I talked about the first time around was I love it that it's limited to 666 passengers because I feel like they could have gotten a bigger boat and more energy. The Queen Meryl was like, or Jedi, I guess, was like, no, 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 no. It's got to be an evil number. It's, we got to make sure. Guys, we're evil, okay? We need to make sure people know that. But it's 333 couples, and doesn't the 333 negate the 666? No, not really. I think they're, they're, it's two people's energies. I mean, it takes two, but still two people's energies. And I mean, really, they only got 664 at the end, so yeah. the whole thing was for naught. <laughs> if, if only those tickets hadn't been stolen by magic. They should also, like, limit, seriously start limiting the age, because if they can figure out that some of her friends are 14 years old, then they can just be like, oh, you have to be 21 to enter this thingy. <laughs> I feel like that's how you can tell it's an evil plot, because no, no insurance company is going to be like, they cannot go on this cruise. <laughs> uh, so, your thoughts on the episode? Anything we haven't talked about yet? What, mine? Yeah, yeah, sure. I feel like it's just a very typical Sailor Moon episode. I mean, it's got all the formulaic stuff for it. I mean, I liked it, and I really liked um, some of the animation, especially when you mentioned about the Tutas. <laughs> and her animation, like, it's really well done, um, and I'm, like, a nut for that. Like, I love that stuff, like, kind of looking at what the animators put into it, which is really nice. 
So I kind of come from it from like that angle. It's all those little extra bits of movement that make the show feel super real. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about uh, Yuri on Ice earlier, and, like, there's so much of that. Like, in, like not even just in the, the skating sequences, which are, like, we're not going to talk about Yuri on Ice, we're running out of time, so I'll be talk later. But, like, it's, it's you know, it's the little extra bits of, of movement that make the thing feel real, I think. And yes. anyway. Yeah. Lefty, any, any final thoughts? Um... I, I can't help but think if Sailor Moon could just get past puberty, everything would be so much better. Well, it does, and eventually, you know, she goes on the moon. With her. She does. She actually kind of does it, but that's, that's a discussion for another time. I mean, like, I had my boy crazy phase, absolutely. My dad loved making fun of that, but, like, I wasn't a Sailor Scout, so... I was didn't have magical girl responsibilities. That doesn't really change throughout all magical girl themes. Like, they're, the main character is always kind of klutzy and doesn't know what she's doing. Because you can't just have, like, a girl win all the time in, in, in the anime. You need her to have a character flaw that is relatable and, uh, you know, kind of carries the story along. And it's like, the, the thing about Usagi is that despite all of her, you know, things that, that's wrong with her, um, that's why her friends love her. You know, they, they, she, she's able to gather this, like, group of uh, trustworthy friends who will do anything to save her, which is, like, my favorite lesson from the story. So, like, she's just a klutz and she's horrible at being a friend and horrible at everything in life. She's friends. great at being a friend. She's kind of horrible at being everything else. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's going to be it. Uh, that's going to be uh, the end of the show. Uh, before we get out of here and, and clear the stage for the next podcast, uh, Nerdless All Stars is going to be... Tomorrow night at ten thirty, right on this very right street. here in the in the Colony Club. So uh, please come back and see it. I saw the show last night; it was amazing. And it's a totally different show tomorrow. So if you saw it last night, it's all new things for tomorrow. Yeah. Do you want to give a hint of, of uh, your your? Act? So I'll be bringing Kylo Ren um, from Star Wars, and then uh, Tomatoa from the new Moana movie. So both of mine are Disney themed tonight. Yeah. Mine's a callback to one of the first video games I ever played with a certain theme song. It's, Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> and uh, for everybody who wants to like find more about you, where can everybody find you online? Lefty. Uh, I am Lefty Lucy all over the interwebs. Uh, and also I produce the Nerdlesque Festival. So look into that. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still Chew. You can find me all over social media as well. Um, I'm mainly cosplay, like, all the time. So I go to about, like, 20 conventions a year to just dress up in costume for fun. And, uh, yeah, also, we're running a panel tonight um, for the Nerdless uh, 101 class, and it's going to be at the Pacific Theater. Yes, we're going to be in the big theater. Um, and anyone can come, it doesn't matter. Um, I know in the booklet it says that we're going to be moving around a lot, and I was like, no, we're just going to tell you how to do things and then have, like, a few people come up and volunteer for We, we will teach things. you how to tassel twirl and asshole twirl. Yay! And, um, also, um, we're going to go up to the... 13th floor, because yes. they're not afraid of the number 13 on this boat. For the Star Quest? The, the 666th floor? Yes, <laughs> yes. So um, it's the Starquest uh, bar. Um, there's there's opening up Artist Alley again, and so we are going to go and like sell some stuff up there. So if you wanted any butt stickers or buttons, like the one on my hat, uh, I'm going to be selling that as well as like other prints and stuff. 
Yeah, Saul's got an incredible portfolio of friends that have so many great costumes. You should absolutely check out. Uh, as far as uh, Sailor Business, you can find me on Twitter at the ISB. You can find Jordan on Twitter as Crackshot with a zero for an O. Or don't follow him because he's not here. But do follow uh, Jake Mason, who edits the show. He's JJ underscore Mason. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter as well. It's at Sailor Business. You can email the show, sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we're Patreon supported, so if you like the show and you want to get some bonus content for this show and for our sister podcast, which is Xeno Warrior Business, uh, which is very early in the run, we've done uh, four episodes of that and a Christmas special. <laughs> uh, that's me and Allison Stock and a guest every week. Uh, we just had a really great episode where someone who knows a ton about Greek mythology came to talk about a very bad episode of Xeno because we're still in the first season. Uh, you can find all that at patreon.com slash sailorbusiness. And you can get the show on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, and in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, we will be back. Hopefully, if they'll have us, we'll do another live show at some point. I want to thank everybody for coming out to the very first live uh, Sailor Business panel. This was awesome. Thank you so much. It's a very intimate gathering. Yeah. Uh, what was the phrase? Intimate, intimate party, I think. Party. Is what it was. <laughs> this is not that. <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much. Uh, listen to the show, and until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor.